most interesting things in the world. Try and imagine what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up. I am the sun. It's been a while since I've been on the mic. I spit what I like and looking for a different life. I landed and managed to be gifted to write, but my best friends left, so I stick to the right. I tried to tell them they listen. Welcome back to the DMT World Podcast. I am your host, Alex8721, and today we have on some special guests, Mike and Maurice from the Mind Escape Podcast. Their podcast explores many aspects of the mysteries of our world and time, from psychedelics to ancient civilizations. They've had great conversations with prominent figures of each industry there. I've been a big fan of the podcast. They're constantly holding live broadcasts on YouTube and can be found on other audio platforms. Today, Mike and Maurice are also presenting EndersWeb.org, which is live now. So feel free to sign up and enjoy the social network for the open-minded. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode and keep spreading that love. The same sort of experiences when you were born. In other words, we all know very well that after people die, other people are born. And they're all you. All right, Mr. Mike and Maurice from Mind Escape Podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming on the DMT World Podcast. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I've been a big fan of you guys. Um, thank you for being here. Oh, Thanks no for problem. having us. Yeah, it's uh, our pleasure. You know, I stumbled up. I stumbled. Well, I, I remember coming across your guys' profile at DMT World last year. And and um, it wasn't until I started doing research on the, you know, DM, like people that have talked about DMT, like uh, Gallimore was a big one, mm-hmm. Gallimore, Khan, uh, Dick Khan, and a couple other people. And I came across your guys' content, your YouTube channel, and you guys were just plugging away. You know, you guys had all these episodes and you guys cover everything, not just psychedelics, also. Uh, UFOs, ancient civilizations, all types of stuff, man. And I think that's uh, something that really, really stood out to me. And, um, man, I got hooked. Really did. I appreciate it. I remember the first couple interactions with you on DMT World, too. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate, obviously, what you're doing. And um, we're just putting information out there. I don't, you know, as far as psychedelics goes, I mean, we talk about you know, about this on the podcast. I've never done DMT either as Maurice. I find it interesting in the sense that our body produces it um, naturally, you know, maybe on super uh, low levels, you know, but the fact that it's in us and the fact that it's in nature um, and you can extract it and do it and everything. And we've done all the other psychedelic, you know, I've tried everything else. I've just never done that one because I kind of slowed down a few years ago. And that's mm-hmm. kind of when like the DMT boom online and everything started happening i mean it's you know slowly uh beginning bigger recently but we've known about i mean look the grateful dead our favorite band named their band the grateful dead from a dmt experience in the mid 60s so i mean we've known about it and you know Irwin and everything for a while it's just it's one of those ones where i wasn't going to go out and seek it so yeah and i know um <clears throat> another thing too recently is uh maurice you've been all uploading a lot of your like you've doing like travel stuff uh, yeah like around where you're at too yep yeah we've uh, i well i go on a backpacking trip every year and then That's i right. kind of had those it's on a different uh channel and i was like this stuff fits perfectly in with you know hiking and meditating and getting out into nature and uh connecting with that frequency but uh yeah, to piggyback on what Michael said, you know, we haven't really done DMT, but if it finds us or if there's the right setting, we may partake. 
I have a feeling it'll come. <laughs> I, I'm down to do it. You know, if our podcast takes off, you, you know, there's been people who are like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll make sure you, you do it, you know, stuff like uh, that. And, I, you know, like I said, you know, we're down to do it. If our podcast keeps growing, yeah. the opportunity presents itself or something, not opposed to it at all. Um, it, I'm actually big into kind of exploring the mind and pushing the boundaries of the mind. Yeah. Sure, so, you know, what's crazy, man, is um, <clears throat> I've been to and met entities on DMT from like in the DMT realm on, on high doses of psilocybin as well. Yeah. Including in dreams, man. Like it got to a point where it didn't matter what I was doing. As long as I got past this threshold, I would be able to be in the space. And even in like an, an elusive dream, um, having conversation, full on conversations with entities and stuff. And it's, man, it's, it's, it's life changing. It alters your perspective the most you know, out of the, the psychedelics that I've tried. Um, it's something, man. It's something beautiful. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely right. I've experienced entities on high doses of psilocybin. I've gone all the way up to 10 in my 10 dried grams in my younger years. Um, That's enough. But one of the most <laughs> profound um, times was actually, I think it was like an eighth of psilocybin and like, I don't know how much MDMA, but that mm. combination, um, that night we were in the woods and I definitely experienced like a translucent-y being um, during this like thunderstorm. So it was kind of a weird experience. We've talked about it a little bit on our podcast too. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of these traditional ones that you, you know, see people doing the art like the Alex Gray art or any of that kind of stuff. It, it looks it was less fractally and more like a translucent -y, um, gray type feel to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a hell of a combo. The the psilocybin and then the MDMA on top. I've, I've experienced that, man, with uh, Penelia cyanescence mushrooms and MDMA. And it was, oh, man, it was like a... Like a, it was like a DMT trip, man. It was slow, draw out, drawn out. I was watching an entity, and it was just. I, I thought when I took the MDMA, I thought I was gonna feel like you know, you know when you take MDMA, you feel that warmthness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it wasn't, man. It just increased like the psychedelic vision that I was having, man. It was, it was something else. I think I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of it. Obviously, I uh, can't do it that often because you know. Run into some issues, but uh, it's a great combination, man. Yeah, that's a misconception about MDMA. People don't think it's very uh, psychedelic, but I've oh, taken high, I've taken some high doses and been in like a absolute like black room, and I've seen some pretty cool stuff. But along those lines, I just like the way that uh, you connect with the music and everything. It oh, definitely yeah. enhances that, which is goes in line with uh, taking psilocybin. It has that same. I don't know when you're when you're listening to music, it just sounds. I get the only way to say it is just sounds better. Yeah. He almost, you know, uh, not too long ago, I had a local friend of mine who kept harping about the John Hopkins playlist over and over and over again. And I, I'm not too, I've always taken uh, psilocybin, you know, in the, in the dark room, silent, you know what I mean? Just be there with my thoughts and the visions or whatever. The, and I, I listened to this um, playlist and for like the first five or six songs, I was kind of struggling a little bit because I was also coming up. And then as soon as my peak hit and I just was, it was weird. It was just, I was taken through this journey by these, these, um, 
symphonies because they have like classical pieces in there, man. And mm-hmm. I heard this song, man, and I just stood straight up and I was like, oh, fuck. It was just like this language, you know, and I could yeah. I could hear it. I could see what the this story that these instruments were, you know, were talking about. It was, it was weird, man. It was, it was something it was, it was very uh, memorable, man. And I, I, now I'm the one who's like, hey, man, you got to try this. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, yeah, I saw Matthew Johnson, who's the researcher from John Hopkins, just post uh, from the recent research. I don't know if it's the same playlist you're talking about or not. He wants to get away from the classical music. So they tried some other things, yeah, um, some more uh, natural sounds and stuff like that. And I asked him if they were thinking about doing um, – uh, like bands at some point, like or live music, and he said, "Yeah." So I think that'll be a cool uh, experiment to see the results of uh, down the line. But I was just gonna say, you know, we each took point one or point two MDMA at a fish show, uh, and th- I was, I mean, I was hallucinating, hallucinating. And that night, um, I didn't go to bed till probably three or four o'clock. I just laid in bed for like four or five hours, um with closed eye visuals, like intense jellyfish, you know, like these, like, again, translucent, maybe it's something with me and translucent. I've seen translucent, you know, serpents on psychedelics. I've seen translucent, um, jellyfish. This time these jellyfish were just, um, you know, I'm not a, <laughs> well, I was going to say there's a weird animal, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, what I was going to say is, uh, there's this band string cheese incident and you know, they talk about this jellyfish in your head. And I, oh. I, in that moment, I look, I like string cheese. They're not my favorite band. I used to like them a lot more when they were a bluegrass band, but, um, I don't know that I, that night I'm like, I, I get it. You know, like that makes sense. Now, um, yeah, definitely. The, uh, I'm a bit, I'm a big fan of the psychedelic experience, you know, but <clears throat> it, it feels like it's building up to something else, you know, um, you hear a lot of people that um, were big into psychedelics, but then started getting into meditation and all this other stuff, like trying to maintain that mindset or being able to, you know, flip that switch and just mm-hmm. go to that place, you know. And I, I think that's what I find the most interesting, you know. There's a lot of people out there that um, are big into meditation. I'm, I'm starting to get into it. I was just speaking with somebody earlier today about this um, I believe it can be done. You know, a lot of people throughout history, you know, have, I mean, claimed, you know, that, that they can get there. And, um, it's different. Um, I meditate a lot. I've been meditating for a few years. I have my own practice and instructions and things. And, uh, yeah, you can simulate something similar, but it's different. It's, it's differently profound if that like, okay, so, psychedelics is the only thing I know of where you can walk around in a waking state and interact with the world consciously, right? You're in a different altered mindset, but yet you're still able to be a person and walk around. I mean, I guess there's some that might, you know, put you back on your butt um, or something like that. But for the most part, you're able to interact with the world in a waking state. But when you have meditation, uh, out-of-body experiences, near-death experience, you know, you name it, um, all these other altered states, all require or lucid dreaming or sleep paralysis. These all require you um, to not be fully functional, you know? Yeah, true. So I think that that's what's so interesting about psychedelics is the ability to kind of interface with the world while in those states. Yeah, see, I think that's the thing with, with for me at least, with DMT is um, 
uh, I'm just completely gone, you know, um, more, more times, every time. Um, I just, it's one of them things where I kind of leave my, <laughs> my body, you know, and I'm in this sure. other world. That's kind of why I related so, so much to the lucid dreaming because, you know, I'm somewhere else. I'm not in my body. I'm, I'm like in a different part of my mind or different dimension or realm, whatever you want to call it. But, um, I don't even like the whole astral projection stuff. Like I, I haven't really looked into it too much, but I, I've read a few things, spoken to a few people. I seem somewhere along the same lines. I mean, uh, I could be wrong. There's but, some um, stuff there. People get crazy with stuff <clears throat> though too. And I think that obviously, you know, you listen to our podcast. That's what we try and do is like, there's obviously some truth there. There's some things yeah. happening, but you go online and people take this thing to the whole no, a whole nother yeah. level and, and you know make it out to be something that it's not and then this whole um you know all the bs surrounds it so i think that uh yeah astral travel i guess people would um you know lucid dream you know you get to this extra realm type of a thing um and yeah i've experienced stuff like that in meditation so i, I or lucid dreaming i'm not going to say that 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 doesn't happen but again um, I think you just have to look, kind of experience it yourself because it's yeah. like psychedelics. Like you can't really describe it to somebody else uh, fully. But I mean, you know, it, it kind of all this stuff's interesting because it's all anecdotal, right? We're all just relying yeah. on each other's experiences and like stories of our experiences. So I but mean, it the is mind interesting also, that a lot of people have somewhat similar, in, you know, yeah. That, that's what we should be studying is all the crossover and all the. Uh, connecting data. That's what I try and look at when I look at topics like how do these things correlate, if at, if any, you know, like the DMT and near death thing. There's just a new near death uh, um, experience documentary that came out. I think the Leslie Keen is the lady that put it together. She actually does all the UFO articles for the New York Times too. But uh, there's a ser- new series on Netflix about near death experiences. Um, and that's that's super fascinating to me because they just did that study last year at the University of Michigan where they uh, induced rats into cardiac arrest and then were able to detect levels of DMT in the brain mm-hmm. uh, and not necessarily just the pineal gland but the entire brain. So that's very fascinating to me. And we even we we had Rick Strassman on. We were kind of talking about that too, and he was saying, you know, there's some things, you know, maybe when they're extracting it, it could have come from a different part or maybe that it is produced in the entire brain. You know, obviously more research needs to go, you know, go into that. For sure. Hey, so out of all the, man, you guys, you guys have had some great conversations and episodes on your guys' podcast there. Out of all these ones that you guys have done, are there any that stand out to you guys um, as like being the most memorable or most interesting Um or even like a few of them. I'll let Maurice take that first. Well, obviously the Rick Straussman was was a real good one. Straussman. Uh, Straussman. He let's, makes let's, it a point. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that was a that was a good get, and we were very uh, amped up for that. So that was a very memorable one. But sometimes even the most laid back one, like we we uh, I, what's the guy Jack from Trip Whip? I don't know if you've ever seen any of those episodes, but. We always have a good time with him, and uh, um, man, I'm I'm horrible with the name. Who's the who, Who's the guy from the? Who's the 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 Navy guy? You can tell I set up all the. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Sean Cahill. Sean Cahill, yeah. Like I, I was telling Michael because he kind of 
he kind of has the same uh, uh, personality, and we can kind of joke around and stuff like that with him. Yeah. But just talking to people with uh, with clout, you know, that have experienced some of these things. Not that these are that, not that some of the people that we talk to don't have clout, but when you when you're talking to somebody that was in the army or the military or is a is a high ranking officer and stuff, and they're coming out with some of this information, or it, it kind of makes you question it and think twice about it and things like that. Yeah, Sean Cahill was witness to the U part of the USS Nemitz tic tac, you know, like the tic tac video that was yeah. circulating around. He was yep. a, a witness to a portion of that. He was on one of the the other ships, the USS Princeton, which was kind of coasting along right by there. So. Um, but yeah, those are great interviews. I mean, for me, like you mentioned, a couple of them. I love when we have Dick Dick Khan on because he does his homework. He researches all the occult yeah. stuff. Um. And, uh, you know, I like the ancient civilization stuff, too. We just had Randall Carlson on. Yeah, um, that's a big one. Yeah, he's a really, really nice guy and super, obviously, intelligent. Um, yeah, down to earth. and Very down to earth. I'm just trying to think. I mean, it goes back to it. We even, you know, our first interview was Art with Aaron Voot, author of Spirit in the Sky, you know, mm. connecting, you know, DMT to kind of ancient Egypt and uh, some of the constellations and stuff like that. And we just kind of snowballed from there. And then we met Dick Khan and uh, started to interview a bunch of other authors. So it kind of just snowballed. It wasn't like this, oh, we're going to interview a bunch of authors. Actually, the first 30 episodes we did were just with friends and family friends mm -hmm. and people we knew that had interesting things to say. And, uh, and then, yeah, once we interviewed Aaron Mood, I'm like, well, let's just start doing authors. And from there, we just started talking to a bunch of researchers. And we'll we'll talk to anybody. I mean, you've seen, too. You know, we have mm -hmm. anybody and everybody on our show. If you have something fascinating to say or you, um, you have some interest in something and you're passionate about it, I think that's what kind of comes through on podcasts. It's not necessarily, oh, I'm the top researcher in this field. But, yeah, again... Andrew Gallum or Dick Kahn, uh, Rick Strassman, you know, just, I mean, there's so many, we've done so many psychedelic episodes now too. That wasn't really part of the plan either. Um, that was something that just kind of happened. I was actually kind of nervous, um, to talk about it. If I'm being honest, like when we interviewed Dick Kahn, I'm like, not even cause I didn't do DMT, but just like sharing my own personal experiences you know mm -hmm. you, you're really putting yourself out there so yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie i was a little nervous early on but once you see all the researches that that research that's going on how i've had you know i've used psilocybin to help treat my ocd and it, it's look these things are real they're helping people i think it's important that this stuff gets out there so what well, started the whole thing i mean what <clears throat> what kind of um do you guys have background in, in, in some of this stuff or how, how did this come about? Like the whole podcast and everything you guys are doing now? Well, we've been kind of doing messing around with uh, psychedelics and, you know, obviously we were cannabis smokers and stuff like that. But uh, we've always kind of been into that counterculture. And uh, I would say that kind of is how it all started is just talking about weird ideas. We, we go on this canoe trip every year that you might have seen the video where I go and do a little micro dose out in the woods. Oh, but, that's uh, right. Um, it kind of started there and we would just, you know, stay up late and look at the stars and talk about, again, anything from psychedelics to aliens to music and how it affects you and your mood. And, uh, so that was the the beginning of it all. Michael, you want to take it from there? Were you asking about specifically psychedelics or just podcasting? No, stuff just, just like the podcast and everything you guys do just in general. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it cause it's like kind of a long story, but just 
you know, the talking point. So, um, about, I mean, we've been doing this for three years now. So I guess about four, maybe three and a half years ago, uh, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and she's okay. Mm. Now she's in remission. Um, but that kind of woke me up out of this like day-to-day consciousness, just, you know, doing the day in day out thing, not really thinking too much about life, just, you know, basically an AI, you know, program to work. Spiritual awakening he had. So, yeah, so I had a spiritual awakening during that whole thing. Um, Some weird synchronicities, and I wasn't really, like, looking. Like, I always go back and think about, because pareidolia, you know, our brain puts patterns together. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, This was something different. This was something very profound and different than just looking for patterns kind of a thing. And I wasn't looking at the time, so... Um, so that kind of happened and then I started getting into, uh, like Graham Hancock's fingerprints of the gods and like ancient civilizations, you know, all the Joe Rogan, Randall Carlson, Graham Mm -hmm. Hancock stuff. And, um, just reading more about like spirituality and metaphysics and UFOs and metaphysical things and just getting into, you know, what's real in life. Like in, in, even within the topics where some of these things, um, are kind of taboo. I, I do think that a lot of them do have some interesting things about them that if nothing else can inform us in other parts of, you know, research or studies on other things. So, um, so I really started getting into all that kind of stuff, had a spiritual awakening, started taking all sorts of notes and researching. And then I had this notebook and, um, uh, we, I wanted to do a podcast. I was trying to convince Maurice to do it. Um, and, there, we were going to call it Maisie's notebook and he was just going to kind of help me. Uh, and I'm like, no, you know, you do the young Jamie thing and, you know, you pull stuff up and we laugh <laughs> and, um, you know, like a, a young Jamie that talks more or something like that. Um, and we just started doing it. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't really like too much thought or planning going into it other than just getting the gear. We're both musicians. I've recorded my, mm bands and stuff so i did have some of the gear it was just getting like a nice microphone's pretty much all i had to do um but yeah i mean i know how to sound engineer and edit and do all that kind of stuff so all that kind of stuff was really not that big of a a leap for me uh but yeah it was just the concept of it once we got going with it and like i said the first 30 40 episodes was just us kind of talking to our friends and normal people i mean i think we had our one friend on like seven times Yeah, we have a couple of real interesting friends our one buddy's like super into yoga and uh like vedanta and eastern philosophy and that kind of stuff and uh like my godfather who kind of um got me into this kind of stuff too in the sense that he had notes from like our grandfather who was like a visionary inventor that had a he felt like he had a connection to ancient egypt he was very fascinated and like obsessed with ancient egypt um so that kind of yeah that all that stuff kind of came together and uh made me interested i wanted to know you know the the on to uh you know i wanted to get in deeper like who are we? Where do we come from? Where are we going? Kind of a thing, you know, like what, what's our purpose, you know, teleology, ontology, epistemology, how do we know what we know? What do we really know? Um, so yeah, and that's kind of where we are now pretty much. Yeah. That's a big thing that I noticed about your guys's content is just, I mean, it's all across, it's all encompassing. I mean, it's not just one thing. It's, I mean, everything that you can think of when it comes to, that counterculture or a cult, um, whatever you want to call it. I mean, 
that's something that for me, I, I mean, it's a little overwhelming for myself in, in terms of like the, the kind of stuff that I put out, you know what I mean? Because I, all right, right now I'm kind of still in the early stages of just kind of getting oh, you're used doing to great, it. Man. I, I love your, yeah, I love your stuff. I think you do great interviews and you have interesting people on that have had real experiences. I think you're doing great, mm-hmm. man. You just keep plugging away. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I can only imagine the kind of, you know, time it takes to research all this stuff and, or maybe it's a passion, but I mean, uh, I'm it's, sure it it's takes a passion. A lot of work, and uh, you know, I stay up late, but that's just something that's I've been doing since I was in high school. I'm yeah. kind of an insomniac. And uh, look, the good thing is now is we have a balance. I think, like, yeah, I'll do all the research, do you know the guests, and talk to everybody, and handle that a- aspect of it. Maurice has been going out into the um, the world. You know, he does when that comet Neowise was out there, we sent him out there. Yeah. He, he did that awesome video, shot the comet for us. He's a professional photographer and videographer. So he's doing these adventure things and he's going on these hikes in Colorado and the mountains and Oregon and all these awesome places. So I think that that's adding some balance to our channel. And also he's recently had his spiritual awakening too. Um, and I think that that's usually the catalyst to become passionate about this kind of stuff and yes. do the research and everything. So. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, for me, that's that's kind of what it was. I, I got to this point where I was like, oh, this is something. I don't know, just kind of like you just start. I, I started becoming more thirsty for for this uh, knowledge of what this thing is that I experienced, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it just kind it just goes from there. Maurice, what happened with you with the uh, with your um, spiritual awakening there? Um, I was. Do you uh... mind sharing? No, absolutely. I uh, I broke up with my girlfriend, who's I I was dating her for like three years, and uh, then the COVID thing happened, and uh, I just was kind of trapped in my house, and you know I was super going through, depressed. I, yeah, I was pretty depressed, and uh, you know I've always dabbled with. I've had religion in my life. I've I've tried to meditate here and there, but uh, it was like a point where I was just like I got to do something here, so I started watching some some uh, guided meditation things and then mm-hmm. I was watching some old op, you know podcasts of, that we had and just 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 going online and watching some stuff cuz you really couldn't go out of your house yeah. and um I kind of found this one this one dude uh Aaron Dowdy and he was like I don't know if you ever heard of him but I was doing these guided meditations and he was talking about how a lot of things are you know frequencies and things like that and you want to try and get yourself into a, the higher state like once a day and everybody has these different uh, activities. Some people it might be, you know, writing a book or whatever. Mine's like going out into nature, hiking, taking photos and stuff like that. So I really started to try and do that every day. Even if I couldn't do it, I would just try to do it every day. And um, by going out, you know, once a day or whatever, as often as I could, I started getting I started getting more and more into the groove. And then. I was just talking to Michael and stuff, and then we were, you know, we were doing more podcasts. But I was just trying to, um, I don't know. It, it was just a combination of everything coming together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was a tough time because you really couldn't do anything. You couldn't like go. I couldn't go out and like meet new people or whatever. So it was more of like an internal instead of you know trying to replace the girlfriend or like going out and like partying and things like that. I just did the opposite. I just turned everything inside and really worked on myself. And it was tough at first, and then it slowly became better and better and better, and then that's kind of where I am today. But that's like actually when the the Maurice adventure started, because I was just like, yeah. 
what am I going to do here? And then I knew that comma was there. I'm like, I'm just going to get my car and drive. And there's a lot of really cool areas in Michigan to go out and do and, and see and, you know, and take pictures and video or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell there. I mean, I see this pop possibly progressing to like where he's, you know, at some sort of ancient ruins in South America as a correspondent. We're nice. doing like a live show. Like, I, you know, I, I, cool. I, I don't think that there's a, a limit to what we could do with that if he's willing to go to all these places. So, I mean, we've already talked about, you know, we're talking about doing a documentary. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening, obviously, Andrew's nice. web and, and all that stuff. So, <clears throat> so with the, uh, so, uh, Maurice, for you, um, you're just right now, you're kind of just going everywhere here, like in the state places you want to go to and just, um, doing hiking, backpacking and recording the stuff. Uh, here uh, in the States right for now, right? Well, at first I was kind of just, I didn't really have an agenda. I go backpacking every, like usually in August, I go up north with my mom's side of the family. So we're usually on the lake, Lake Huron, things like that. This year we went up to Port Austin. And then I go on a canoe trip with my dad's side of the family in August. And then in September, I always go backpacking. So before all that, I was I just I was just trying to keep myself busy. There's a bunch of local parks by my house, and then there's a there's a place uh, off Detroit called Belle Isle, and I just kind of kept going there because there's really good photo opportunities there. And then I was just like hiking around the island and checking out as much as I could there. And then after I did that, then then those trips kind of ramped up, and then I went backpacking. But yeah, we've been talking to. Uh, to some people, like anyone on the podcast, that you know, we're kind of constantly getting ideas to do stuff, and uh, I'm going to go check out some of these mounds, uh, these burial mounds. I think either I know there's like the serpent mounds down in Ohio, but there's a bunch in yeah, there's in Michigan, Native American the mounds in Michigan. Uh, we had one of our guests, Dr. Gregory Little. He wrote like a whole book on all the American mounds, and I mean, some of them, you know, date back to even like. 7,000 BC in South America. Um, so like, you know, the history on some of these things isn't, you know, some people, the way they think about history is that, you know, the whole Colombian thing. And, but really people were probably getting back and forth to South America before that even happened, even Mm -hmm. like maybe during the ice age when a lot of North America was covered in ice. Man, those are some beautiful places you go to, man. Um, I, I like them. Do do you um how often do you um microdose or you know take any kind of substance like um, mushrooms or anything like that when you're out there in, in nature? Well, I was doing it kind of frequently, and I was smoking a lot of cannabis. But I've actually in the last month and a half have cut the cannabis out of my life. I I've been I've been smoking habitually for twenty years. Mm. You know, maybe a day here or there in between and. It just got to a point. I don't know. It started giving me anxiety, and then I was I was thinking I haven't just kind of been sober for a, for a long, long time. So I'm gonna try this out. And uh, but I actually we had a, we had a guest on who was really uh, promoting this the microdosing. But he actually makes pills, and there's psilocybin in there. But then there's other uh, mu- yeah, mushroom you should compounds. have him on. You should have him on. We've had him on our show, Adam Bramlage. Um, connect you with them because i think you'd be good for this podcast yeah yeah so he so he kind of hooked me up with uh these these uh these actual capsules that there's lion's mane there's psilocybin yeah. and stuff he actually works for a company in california that helps uh pro athletes and 
I don't even know the extent of his his client base, but he he it's like it's a legal company, I think, or it's becoming legal. And uh, they're they're they, these things like not only do they help your mind, but they also they help they help your body like recover. They help mm. you know they can they help you sleep and stuff like that. So yeah, I've been actually uh, taking those every other day. But as far as the um, the mind altering substances, because like, like those those microdoses really don't do much as far as a, a psychoactive drug, but I've been taking a lot of CBD. Mm. I, um, I take this. And he's uh, been tripping balls. <laughs> really? <laughs> the only person, no, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't do anything psychoactive to you. It kind of just calms you down a little yeah. bit. It's very, uh, very subtle, but that yeah. with, with the, uh, with the micro doses. And again, I don't know if it's a placebo or not, but I, I, I seem to be, uh, just more relaxed, happier, um, nice. A lot, a lot calmer when on the days that I do take the the microdose, but you're supposed to only do them every other day. So, I'll uh, I'll keep you posted on that. But yeah, as of now, I really have cut out a lot of the substance. I drink a lot of coffee, which that's probably the next thing I should work on. But he, you got to get your energy somewhere. <laughs> you know what I found, man, is after I had uh, a few high psilocybin dose doses and. DMT uh, trips, <clears throat> my tolerance for THC just fell through the floor, man. I remember the first time that I went to go smoke after having a few DMT trips, um, man, I, I took like a hit out of a bong and for like the next 45 minutes, I'm sitting in my chair just slowly dying. Right. <laughs> That's like the problem having- though. Like if I, like I just gave it up for the last month for me uh-huh. to get back into this it's almost Uh-oh. impossible now because it's so strong. So it's like Dude, I'm I gonna force even, myself. I couldn't even twist it. We we just started doing this thing called secret episodes, mind escape <laughs> secrets for our podcast, for our Patreon. So like for you know it's kind of whatever. It's ten dollars a month for that tier, and we're gonna start doing like experiments and like crazy shit, you know, for our fans that are our patrons. And I tried to get him to just smoke on this episode, and he wouldn't even do it. I took two hundred milligrams of edibles. Yeah, no. Um, no. And uh, one of our other buddies, uh, he had some sort of concoct tea concoction. I think there's probably psilocybin in there yeah, or something. I don't even know what he was sipping on. <laughs> um, but that was what it, the goal. It's like let's do something different, you know. And I felt like that conversation, we were more like ourselves, like more relaxed, you know. So um, look, it's a little bit more formal when we do our podcast, but it yeah. was fun to like, you know, get out there a little bit. And some people are like, oh, how could you even do, you know, 200 milligrams? I mean, I've um, you know, I have a somewhat of a tolerance for edibles, but at the same time, you know, I, I recommend people take five milligrams or 10 milligrams. I think that that's, if you've never done it or you're a novice, that's where you start. Um, but yeah, the 200 milligrams, enough for me. yeah, 200, I've, I don't take it all the time anymore, but when I do, I mean, I know that feeling. So I know I, some, the worst case scenario for me is I fall asleep. So, oh no, man, I, I was having this. Dude, I can only explain it like as a like a mini ego death. <laughs> like, like I was like, oh no, it's happening again. I wasn't ready for this. Dude, it's very psychedelic. Yeah. Uh, high it's doses. almost scarier than psilocybin. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it, I, I was scared shitless for those forty five minutes, man. I remember, I remember just white knuckling the whole fucking time, and yeah. I ended up having I. I I, I cut out the THC. How many did you take, or how much did you take? I just took one fat ass bong rip, dude, and oh. I was. Oh, you're talking about smoking? Smoking, yeah. Oh, wow, I, yeah. I didn't even eat. I was just smoking, and 
I ended up having to um, cut it out, but I still, you know, had this need for it. And I started, um, <clears throat> I started smoking uh, high CBD, low THC flour. That stuff's pretty good, man. I, I came across some pretty good stuff uh, in the last year. They've they've improved a lot as far as genetics and 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 so forth when it comes to the, the cannabis with a higher CBD. I, I think it's it's a great alternative, you know, for people that um. No, don't have that tolerance or, um, you know, you know what it is too, is sometimes my anxiety because of my OCD stuff is like so bad that those higher doses, like take my mindset off of that. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, I don't do it all the time. I actually don't really, I don't love edibles, even though I can take them, you know, and, um, function and you know yeah i do get some psychedelic effects sometimes and i'll meditate at night and just sit there in darkness and think and stuff like that but um i'm more into just vaping dry herbs and vaping live resin and stuff like that usually but um but yeah i mean you got to be careful too because like i said if you're not experienced with edible cannabis you can really overdo it i remember this is kind of a crazy story i remember one of my buddies made a a cinnamon roll and i don't know how much was in there but i ate the cinnamon roll <laughs> dude dude i'm not joking you i was shitting my pants and hallucinating like like i i don't know how much was in there because i ha- i do have a high tolerance so there had to have been a lot and he's like dude you're only supposed to eat like a quarter of it i ate the whole thing <laughs> and i was tripping i was tripping for like a day and i was shitting my pants it was i don't know if the butter went rancid or what but <laughs> <laughs> you're literally shitting your pants. No, not shit, but I had to keep running to the... It's very... Anybody that's... And I'm sure a lot of people that take LSD that listen to this know about that. Like, anytime you have to sit yeah, on the we, toilet. Yeah, we told you my oh, story. Oh, yeah, I forgot Maurice had his uh, toilet story, too, on LSD. But, yeah, and, you know, that's the worst feeling. I remember, actually, a DXM experience in college uh, where it was a high level of DXM. Uh, these kids that, like, live next door or these... Um, these two guys, I don't know what their deal was, but they lived next door to me um, when I was going to college. And they had somehow like the powdered form of it. Usually people drink like Robitussin or whatever. Well, I think you can just boil. Can you yeah, boil the Robitussin? And- I don't know how that works. But anyway, so they had like the dried uh, powder form of it. And we each took a pill, me and my cousin. Man, I... Whew, that was and I babysat him. It was like robo tripping <laughs> and like toilet world all night long. Yeah, it was terrible. That's not a. That one's probably similar to like a tropane in the sense that it's probably not the most pleasant experience. The DXM is the stuff like in cough syrup and like um, not cough syrup, but like uh, like you said, Robitussin earlier. It's it's something to do with that, right? Like some yeah. kind of yeah. It's one of the active ingredients, and I think it's like dextromorph. Uh, dextroxymorphin something like that i forget the name but uh but yeah it's it's not a pleasant one they've even done studies where there's a john hopkins study where they did uh some of the pay or all the patients did psilocybin and dxm or something like that if i i'd have to look at the thing but they're the paper but i'm pretty sure that's the case and most of the people said that they would try psilocybin at some point again and only like a few people said that they would try the dxm again so again it's not something that's like that great compared to other psychedelics the reason i ask is i i remember um when i was in afghanistan there was a medic who was like this uh, this motherfucker was eating pills like <laughs> instead yeah. of giving it to motherfuckers you know <laughs> it was prescribing yeah, his own fucking pills. Has dispenser. 
Hey, but I I remember uh, trading him a bunch of hashish for this bottle of pills, and this guy was telling me, he's like, oh, those are um, some kind of, and he told me it was something about some cough, as like cough medicine, stuff, stuff that they find in cough medicine. I, I didn't know exactly what it was, but um, I remember sitting in uh, on on guard duty in this tower, this little small outpost we had spent like two weeks building. <clears throat> and I remember just kind of spazzing the fuck out. I took like six or eight of these pills. I didn't even know exactly what the guy what they were, but the guy was like, "Yeah, you'd be fine. Just take like six or eight. And I remember staring at the fucking sky with my um, <laughs> night vision goggles, dude, and just flipping the fuck out, just seeing all these stars, man, and just tripping on on just just the amount of shit in the sky. And then probably like thirty minutes later, dude, this. I, I swear to God, for like the next hour and a half, I watched uh, an entire firefight that was like two, three miles away from us, man. I could just see fucking bullets. I was tripping hard, dude. Did you <laughs> feel damn. robotic? Like, did you, when you walked, I, did you like walk weird, like a camel walk or like a robot yeah. walk? I felt pretty <laughs> lethargic. Like, I was, I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it seems like, I think that's what it was. I just, I don't remember. I remember telling the guy, I was like, I don't, I don't fucking like this shit. <laughs> yeah. This fucking thing. So, yeah. Did you do it again, Michael, too? Like, you didn't like it either, did you? Who, me? Yeah. Michael. Like, oh, you're asking me if I did yeah. it? Yeah, we did it a few times. What are you talking uh, about? <laughs> I just remember the one robo night. That's about it. Yeah, but it. that was, that was in college. And, you know, I don't know what I was thinking at that point, but, um, but yeah, I, I did. I haven't done it since then. Um, but I actually wanted to. You, you did the interesting point earlier. You were talking about how like DMT just like kind of takes you out of it, and you, you're just kind of in a different world. So therefore, yeah. what I said about like the interacting with, um, that, the external world in one of those states is a little bit more difficult compared to other psychedelics too. So yeah. I do think that DMT actually and salvia, I have done, uh, potent salvia like uh, extract. Uh, more than a few times, and uh, yeah, I would compare it to that. I've fallen down on salvia, um, and you should definitely be in a chill, you know, awesome set and setting if you were going to do that, because that's a whole different world as well. I remember seeing a lot of guys do that, um, like mid two thousands, and it was when I was in the in the military, and there was guys because you know the salvia is like. Yeah, it wasn't detectable through your analysis. So that was something that a lot of guys were doing. But I would see more times than often, I would see guys flipping out on this shit. Like I remember walking into <laughs> this dude's room in, in the barracks and these motherfuckers are sitting there holding this bong, st staring, laughing at this guy who's standing on top of a fucking dresser, like trying not to, <laughs> right. to fall. He's saying, seeing shit on the ground. And I was like, fuck that, man. I ain't trying that shit. And, I, and even to this day, I haven't tried it, man. Yeah, I did uh, it once, and I had a bad. It feels like everybody's looking at you, and it's maybe they are looking at you, but <laughs> mine was like very stare. fractal, repeaty kind of. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly how to. It's kind of hyper space. It's really, it's just very bizarre, you know. And there are people that do flip out. There are videos online that I'm sure people have seen where these people like jump off couches through windows and. Uh, all sorts of crazy shit. So yeah, that, another one. You have to be careful. That is an interesting one, though. And um, who was Doctor uh, Gallimore was tweeting about how um, I think it's Salvinorin, uh 
B methoxy ether, I believe is what it is. It's it's salvinorin B, but like an extended trip version of it. Hmm. Um, and salvinorin B is is more potent than A, I guess already. So imagine being in like a, a salvia, you know, deep space for three hours, like how what they're trying to do Fuck. with the extended stay. So I mean that that you know like that's who's going to sign up for that because that's some serious shit. And um, uh, salvia is different. You know, people have amazing, profound experiences on DMT, and I'm sure some have on salvia too. But mm-hmm. salvia experiences I have, I would not. You know, unless you're masticating it in some ceremony, like yeah. in uh, um, Mexico, you know, they do those ceremonies. You know, there's yeah. an episode of Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia, the shepherdess. Um, unless you're chewing the leaves. Um, and by the way, when you chew the leaves, it's not more potent, I guess. What you're doing is you're just extending, like, every ch- time you, like, chew into it or whatever, you're getting more of the compounds and more of the alkaloids. And so it's, that's what's extending it is you chewing, constantly chewing on it, I guess. Yeah, I've heard of I've heard of people doing that <clears throat> as opposed to to smoking it as, as chewing it. And I, like I said, I haven't I haven't experienced it yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. It's how not that goes. Again, I, look. I, you know, some of these people are like, um, "Oh, you haven't done this or you haven't done that." It's almost like there's certain people that think of these things like badges of yeah. honor. It's not what this is. It's like true. Do you want to do these things or do you not want to do them? Could they be helpful to you mentally? Could they not be helpful? You know, there's some people that are going to use them recreationally, you know, and I I think that, you know, as long as you're safe and whatever set and setting, you know, it's fine. You know, I've look, we've been to many fish and dead shows and jam band festivals and all sorts of crazy shit. So we've seen people lose their minds and do crazy shit, too. So, I mean, you again, you just got to be careful and understand your psyche and your where you're at mentally kind of a thing yeah i'm look man i'm all for it either way you know if you want to do recreationally or or not you know it's um who am i to tell anybody anything yeah it's just enjoy responsibly you know it's like cognitive liberty if you're going to jump out of a plane or whatever it's a similar thing except um you know people that jump out of planes they prepare they do a couple uh, classes or whatever, yeah. or they go with somebody that they're hitched on to, or it's the same thing with psychedelics. Like know yourself and then set in setting, you know, know mm-hmm. thyself first and then set in setting. So true. Very true. Let, let, can I ask you guys something about now? Uh, how has all this, all this research, all these conversations, uh, meeting all these people, how is it, how has it changed you as an individual, um, even even for like like one of the big things that I always like to ask people is like even the way you, I guess, religion or relationship with God or any any kind of spiritual aspect of things like how how has it changed you? All these conversations you guys have had. Go ahead, Maurice. <laughs> um, well, I've I've always been somewhat religious throughout my life. Michael's made it known that he was raised uh, Catholic, and I was as well. And then, as we became teenagers, I we kind of drifted away from that. But uh, for me, it's actually brought me back to the religion aspect because usually you think of religion and science as a separate entity, and especially in today's society, where they try and have you believe that you have to either go one way or the other, and they they both don't kind of con- converge in one path, but We've had multiple guests on who are high-level scientists, and uh, 
teachers and things like that. And some of the information that they pass out pass on was is a uh, it kind of supports it. Like who was the guy that we had on that was that that invented that microscope that could see like back to the Big uh, Bang? Brian Keating. He wrote this book. He's a physicist. He wrote and he's like a professor. Um, he wrote the book uh, "Losing the Nobel Prize." So we had him on, and I mean, you don't get more scientific than this this guy. He, he invented telescopes. He was he was competing for the Nobel Prize and this and that. And even his take, why couldn't the Big Bang be the part of the Bible where it, they, it says, "Let there be light"? And again, you know, we we don't take the Bible to every single. We're not taking it literal to every single term, but the beginning of life happened some way, somehow. Um, the more you think about it, the 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 crazier your mind actually will. Will twist and turn because it's just I don't think that us as humans are even fathom we can't even fathom the reasoning behind it all. Maybe that's something we have to come into grips with is we'll never truly understand why we're here. But that's again where the where the the faith comes in. But you know we we've had guests that studied near death experiences and who and then well, you know all these other things about you know. UFOs and stuff, and Michael has has tied this stuff in. Is it a is it is an alien? Is it an angel? Is it a DMT entity? These are all different things that people see, and maybe they are all the same thing. So I don't know. I know Mike has a different take on this, but um, for me, it's actually you know got me closer to believing that there is some kind of higher energy source. I'll just leave it at that. You, mm. you can take with it and, and, and make the meanings if, as you will. But mm -hmm. to me, it's like there is something greater to us. Now, is that religion? I don't know. Obviously, man has has got his hands into all these things and man corrupts things. And again, as, as, as stories get passed down, the word of mouth, you've played the telephone game. So you yeah. know how one thing can turn into something else. So again, I'm not, I'm not saying this one's right or this one's right. But to me, yeah. I've came to the conclusion that there is a reason that we're here. There is a higher purpose. Uh, live a good life, be a good person, and good things will happen for you. Yeah, makes sense, man. How about you, Mike? Okay, so yeah, I do have a different take. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I thought what Maurice said was fine. I mean, I would argue the religion thing, whole thing because religion is itself a man-made structure that has been corrupted so i think that you have to sell if you're going to discuss these topics philosophically or even from a theological standpoint you have to kind of um separate the human elements from like the possibilities that we know of if that makes sense but okay so you're asking me how has it changed me when we first started, I believed a lot more things were possible. I really did. I believed in a lot more stuff. Not that I was stupid, but I think that everybody falls victim of looking at something, being interested by it, and then kind of, you know, trying to tell other people about it. And then, oh, this person's like, oh, that's fake kind of a thing. You know, so that, that kind of stuff happens. But for me, it was really cross-referencing things. So here's an example. Uh, in ancient Egypt, in the temple of Seti, um, there is a glyph and some people point to this, these hieroglyphs and it looks like a James Bond car and it looks like a, uh, you know, a, a flying machine, you know, it looks like all these advanced yeah, oh, technology things and they use it on ancient aliens and yeah. it's been on a lot of stuff. Okay. So I believed, Oh man, look, look at this. This is, they're hiding this from, you know, the public. No, 
what happened was there's two different dynasties and what they did was they printed one set of glyphs over another set of glyphs and since our mind puts together patterns the pareidolia aspect came into play and people are seeing what they know of today is what that would correlate to so you're you're looking at patterns kind of a thing mm-hmm. but in reality they're two different dynasties with two different glyphs um, so that's just an example. So that's the kind of stuff that I used to, you know, you'll have researchers point these anomalies out, trying to make money or sell books or do this or do that. Do I think the ancient Egyptians were super advanced for their time? Absolutely. There's so many anomalies in ancient Egypt. You don't even need to go to that kind of shit or the alien shit. You don't need to go to any of that because mm-hmm. there's so many actual real anomalies with building things and yeah. the tools that they used and uh, the different theories that are out there and the Sphinx being possibly older and being lost civilizations and stuff like that. So I think that that kind of was the catalyst for me to start really looking into things. And what I did was then I'm like, okay, I want a good foundation. And I never was, you know, we might have brushed over philosophy in school or whatever. I never really studied it. So I got heavy into philosophy. I started with um, the pre-Socratics in Greece, who are the people that came up with basically what we know as science today or natural science, physics, that kind of thing. Um, and then you get into Plato, Soc- or Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. Um, and then you start building off that. And then you get into like Descartes and Kant and all these philosophers. And once I started to look into all these things, it gave me a framework of like how to look at things. So like, what do we truly know? Like, what do you truly know? And that's why... Um, when I think about things, it's like, am I basing it off of somebody else's idea of what's happening? Or do we actually know, is there data for this? Or is there some sort of way we can prove this? So so slowly and slowly, uh, the, myster- the mystery in some of these things started to dissipate. However, what I've learned is there truly is this buffer zone or this real fringe or this real you know, piece out there that lays on the outskirts where you have... DMT entities, you have near-death experiences, you have um, UFOs, you have all these anomalous things that are real, that we do have data for, that we do have proof for, that happen. Whether they are what we think they are or there's something different doesn't really matter at this point, other than there is this real fringe out there. Um, So slowly I would say that I've become more skeptical of BS from talking to all these people and doing my own research and reading books. Uh, but that comes more from philosophy and just learning how to think, giving myself the tools of how to understand if things are bullshit or if there's a possibility that this could be real. Cause I don't want to waste my, any more time with some bullshit that somebody's trying to sell a book or whatever. Yeah. So no, <clears throat> I, I totally get that there. I mean, there's, there's a big thing even in, even in what happens while while you're having these experiences, right? There's some things that if you don't know them, you're going to take them for something else, right? I mean, the one thing for me, though, that's always stood out is the, the entities. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I, 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 know, I heard uh, Dr. Gallimore talking about how, you know, he thinks or it could possibly be just, you know, fragmentations of our own selves and we're meeting mm-hmm. those things. Or it could be like a different realm that you go to and these things are constantly living there. It's just it's just that we don't know for sure what it is, but people are experiencing these entities. I mean, I've experienced them and it, I, I've experienced some that are some that, that make me feel good, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. like love feeling. And some that are just 
feel like pure fucking evil that just want to <laughs> take my life force out of me, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I don't know. For me, it, it's drawn me back to like, what is my my relationship with these things? Um, to include things like God, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing too is like religion, God. These things have been so. They've been so bastardized. They've been so interpreted in many different ways to where, you know, I don't even know who to believe. It, it, you know what it is? It's not the God thing. It's everybody has a different idea of what God is. I mean, I would say that there's probably a large majority of people that think is God is some Zeus-looking character that sits Man in the in clouds. Man in the sky theory. Yeah. Or there's possibly some disembodied voice that's just ever-present in the universe um, I don't think that that's the case. I actually didn't answer your part about God, so I'll give you my answer right here. Um, I have no reason to believe, because nobody knows why we're here, if the purpose of life is greater than our own purpose, then that means that something had a hand in something. So call it primordial energy, call it you know maybe panpsychism, the whole universe is conscious and everything in it's conscious, pandeism, pantheism, whatever you want to say. Um, I think that those are all possibilities, um, and especially when you do psychedelics, you do feel connected to this like larger thing, this thing that's bigger than you that is giving you some sort of data or information or input. Um, and I think that, again, when people, when you say God, it's because of the stigma with religion. So that was my problem mm-hmm. with religion. I was raised yeah. Catholic. I think I'm a nice person. I think I'm a decent person, a good person. I treat people well. You know, I love everybody. I tell everybody on our podcast at the beginning of every episode, we love you all. Cause I do. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that, um, you know, people say God is love or different things. So everybody's got their own take on it. But I think mm-hmm. that what's happened with religion is it's kind of put this, this label on it now where if you say it, it's like it has that meaning as opposed to an infinite potentially or a potential infinite meaning, meaning that we don't know what it is, but there is this other thing that we don't understand or can't really fathom. But don't you think that could have been a part of uh, back then when these things were coming to fruition that it's, it's more of a simpler idea. Like I'm not going to say any names, but I know people that aren't the brightest. And if you tell them, like if you go into in depth, about energy and stuff they're gonna be like what are you talking about if you go all right there's a man in the sky it's a lot easier for a human to relate to that idea than there's just here's the thing light out there so five four before you know five four hundred three hundred bc you get all the pre-socratics and then plato and all plato was talking about the shit that i'm talking about and these other realms of forms and Gnosticism. the majority of people i know but what i'm saying is if people back then were capable of thinking that way people now are capable of thinking that way they're just lazy or they don't look things up or they don't research or they don't care and that's fine to not care just say you don't care but we have a lot of people out there that want to argue shit that don't even really care they're just arguing to argue and i think that's a huge fucking problem on the internet so i guess my point my point is is that okay so that new book the immortality key i don't know if you've read it yet alex uh, i suggest you read it uh but anyways it's about proof that the Eleusinian mysteries which were part of ancient greece uh for two thousand years um they've proven now that part of the ceremony used psychedelics they found ergot remnants on some of the chalices uh spiked wine with datura and yeah a a bunch of other stuff so this guy this wrote wrote this book uh, it just came out and it's got all that stuff in there. So it leads you from 
ancient Greece to Neoplatonism, which is like the bridge between ancient Greece and then Catholicism, and that that might have been the origin of Catholicism. So I guess my point is what I'm saying is I think psychedelics might be at the root of a most metaphysical and metaphysics thinking in terms of something greater. Where did we get that idea? It came from somewhere. You could call it stoned ape. You could call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, we've altered our thinking in different ways. And I think that I've never just sat around, and I don't know about either you two, um, in normal day-to-day consciousness and just really deeply um, saw anything crazy that wasn't there or thought anything that was really that unusual. You know what I'm saying? So when you do psychedelics or you meditate or you pray, it puts you in these altered states where you Mm -hmm. can experience those things. So I guess that's my whole point is I think that there's something there, but I don't think the explanation from the past is really helping us um, understand it now. We can look to that and learn from it and take little you know, tidbits here and there. But I think we have to kind of shift this whole thing that, yeah, there's something greater, but we don't know what it is. And we start with we don't know what it is and work our way towards trying to find that out. Now, I understand that approach. I really do. Um, I don't know. Uh, for me personally, I just, <clears throat> you know, I, I've seen... <laughs> I've seen these religions and I've I've spoken to people. I've known people that have been in different religions or whatever you want to call them. And it's always kind of the same stuff, right? I mean, it's just a different, a different manner into getting to this point where they have this relationship with, you know, this God. Um, And, and I don't know, because I I have, I I look at the the DMT stuff, like with the entities is always a big thing that just stands out the most, man. And, and I, I could see how, People from back in the day, you know, who had these experiences, whether it was through meditation or whether it was through some kind of antigen uh, that they took, um, could interpret these uh, these experiences like as meeting an angel or a demon or something like that. You and by know, the way, a- that's all fine too. Like, I don't have a pr- if you're a good as long as you're a good person. It's when you take those those views and then try to impose them, or yeah. you try and categorize this person or that person that's where i start to have a problem with it if you want to be a catholic and just keep to yourself and that's what your thing is or you know whatever it's when people start getting evangelical about stuff where it starts to get dicey because then you're trying to control other people yeah that's definitely a slippery slope for sure uh and i think for the most part everybody i I know or the people that i'm around you know they kind of see through all that 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 stuff but you know and most people do yeah, but there's <laughs> but a lot. But there are of help, some man. people, right? I mean, that's the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a pretty, pretty shiesty thing, man. Um, but in general, for me, man, it's really brought me back to that. You know, like what is my relationship with with you know God or these things that I see and I come across in these um, you know experiences that I have. You know, what does it mean to me or I don't know, man. I, I think it's I think it's a it's a path worth worth traveling for sure, you know. Um, but then again, there's people who don't, you know. They just think this is it. There's consciousness is in the mind, and you know, once you're you're dead, there's no more, you know. I think that Which, that's look. I, I you, do you what do you have you ever accepted that as a possibility? Because I think once I accepted that as a possibility, it allowed me. Um, to kind of have carte blanche with all the other stuff, meaning that. I'm okay if that's the case because that's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. But 
I want to have fun and I want to have some sort of muse or um, purpose for living that's higher than myself because it, it motivates you in some way. It yeah. connects you to, you know, you think you connect to the universe or something. So in that regard, I think having a higher power or higher calling is is a great thing. Even Socrates um, and Eve Plato, they've met, you know mentioned this multiple times. When you start, to, when you lose, I'll put it this way, society becomes a troubled society when there's no higher power, higher calling for people. True. And and right now you we're on the borderline of everything becoming scientism, which is basically the religion of science, which mm-hmm. I mean, look, science is a great, I love science. I think science is fucking awesome. But at the same time, there are people that think the material realm is the only realm. That's all we should be doing. And if you get enough of those people, you start to, you know, lose some of this mystery and mysticism without even really looking into it fully. And I think that that could be a problem as well. Yeah, you know, um, I had an experience with psilocybin last year where that's what it was. It was, um, I had met this, I was speaking to this entity that was telling me, hey, you want to know the meaning of life? And I was (laughs) like, yeah, and I went through my entire lifetime and I died and that was it. And I was like, what? <laughs> and <laughs> Real I fucking, trickster. I struggled <laughs> with it, bro, for like, we went through this over and over. I think for like three or four hours, I was just sitting there like, nope, I'm not going to accept that. I was, I was having a hard time. And then yeah. finally I was like, okay, all right. I have to accept that that is a possibility. I really do. And mm-hmm. for me, what that did was be like, okay, so it, it makes this time, which is finite, more valuable and, and and the being able to be as present as I can also, you know, I have to work on that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really don't know, man. I really don't know. But I, I think it's a very fascinating aspect of, of just being a human being is, you know, thinking about those things, you know, thinking about whether. It's a real with, pain in the ass, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It is. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Very worst case scenario. It's like going to sleep and not waking up. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah. And not not dreaming and falling asleep and not waking up. That's the worst case scenario. Now, the other part of that is though is that when you die, according to the laws of physics, your energy is in the universe still. It just takes on a different form. Whether the data go or the molecules go somewhere else and do something else, that energy is still in the universe. So does that mean that cells are conscious or that um, energy is conscious? And if, or, you know, what quarks or what you want to go down the leptons, whatever you want to go down, all the microscopic particles, you know, the Higgs boson, are all these things conscious? And if that's the case, maybe we're just an amalgamation of all these different energies coming together to form this like conscious thing that's observing itself as the Mm -hmm. universe. You know, I think that, you know, you listen to like an Alan Watts or Terrence McKenna, you know, you get a lot of that kind of thinking too. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, uh, perspective for sure. Like the whole vibrations, everything. Mr. Vibrations, Mr. Maurice Hogan. (laughs) Feel the vibration. Yeah. (laughs) Man. Um, so what 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 do you guys got going on um, in the for the future? I know you mentioned uh, Inches Web, but what about with uh, the Mind Escape and and Maurice? What you got going on? What what do you guys have planned for the future with with um, your current content? Well, I'm gonna be going down to some of these mounds. I'm just waiting for the uh, the weather to kind of brighten up a little bit. But again, I don't know how I don't know if that's gonna happen anytime soon, but um, 
So I'm going to be doing some mounds adventures. And then uh, as far as the, the, the podcast is concerned, I think we're just going to be plugging away and we got some good guests coming up. Michael can probably elaborate on that a little more. Uh, you no, know, you look, you know, we're just trying to diversify everything a little bit for so long. We were just focused on having good guests, good content, doing it regularly kind of a thing. And this year, you know, we're going to do more of our Patreon, you know, we're going to do our $10 secret episodes. We're going to do more of our $2 extra segments up episodes. You know, we did like a, for $2, you get a whole full, another episode that we did besides the free one with Randall Carlson, that kind of stuff. So, you know, we have that going on. We have our Discord channel now in full uh, action, and people are starting to really get on there and chat and have a good time. And, um, yeah, I want to do different things, you know, like that secret episode thing. I want to do experiments. I want us, you know, we're going to do some jam sessions maybe. You know, we're going to do some, maybe take some psychs, you know, maybe. uh, We're going to do some remote viewing. Yeah, remote viewing, you know, like do some crazy shit on there. You know, like that's the goal. So just kind of think outside the box and do some different stuff and just, you know, constantly get cool guests for our normal aspect of our, our podcast too, you know, trying to get, uh, we got some psychedelic scientists coming on soon. Um, and some ancient mystery type stuff again. And I'd like to get back more into the near death stuff. I do find that stuff interesting. So maybe we'll have some more near death guests on, but yeah, just that and, um, Indra's and just, yeah, just doing all of it kind of just trying to diversify everything. How about you? What do you got going on coming up? You know, to be honest with you, man, um, I'm just plugging away right now at the moment. You know, um, this whole last year was just the beginning of all this, man. And and there was a big learning curve. You know, I've never done anything like this before. So, you know, all the equipment set up and, and, and all the software and stuff, you know, I had to learn. It was it was a little bit of a learning curve there. But uh, um, right now I'm just kind of focused on just, you know, having a lot of diversity, uh, different types of people. Um, but. I'm a big fan of the cultivation of of these plants, you know, um, whether it's fungus, whether it's cannabis, whether it's, you know, salvia, whatever it is. But um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm really big into it, man. And I've, I've been um, wanting to talk to, you know, mycologists or people that are in this industry uh, that, that do that part of it. And there's just so much to it, man. I mean, there's you can have hours and hours of conversation when it comes to the cultivation of some of these things, man, and um, crossing, breeding, and all this stuff. It's it's real, real, real fascinating to me, man. I, I recently had um, a uh, a cultivator from 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 who's well known in some of the some of the websites out there, and uh, it was a great story, man. What he was telling us about. Him. I've got another guy coming on too, so I, I think right now that and just you know, kind of just bringing as much diversity to it too you know not just <clears throat> what what we were already you know speaking about in terms of just people's stories but um just kind of stuff that interests me you know um you know I, this is something that started as just <laughs> whatever you know and uh I'm I'm in the driver's seat, you know. I can do whatever You're I want. You're doing with fucking it. awesome, dude. Yeah, Just keep absolutely. keep grinding, man. I, I like I said, I like I've listened to um recently for like four or five year episodes, you know, while I'm doing stuff in the background and you're doing good shit, man. Just appreciate keep, that. Keep appreciate keep that. chipping away, you know. And you were mentioning mycologists. We gotta give a shout out to uh, home mycology, our favorite yeah. mycologist. <laughs> oh yeah, um, Mr. Madness. Yeah. <laughs> we were trying to get something uh we were going back and forth. We we're trying to get something maybe going on with them, so yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. He's uh, actually yeah. 
No, I was it, just go ahead. He was actually the one that got me into DMT world. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. he's a pretty cool dude, man. So what uh, what's up with the whole Injures web? How did this come about and the the whole the whole website there? Um I okay, so I just posted a blog on our website, kind of giving a background, but just a a brief. Uh, my buddy Lee um uh came to me at the early, you know, it was probably springtime, I think, or maybe early summer. It was like right after the whole, this whole, you know, lockdown stuff started. Um, and he's like, Hey, listen, you know, I've got this platform similar to DMT world, you know, would you be interested in, um, you know, do you have any ideas or is this, you know, and we talk a lot, you know, back and forth. Like I bounce a lot of like these metaphysics and metaphysical ideas off of him. And he, with me and we talk about psychology and the mind and uh, he studies consciousness and stuff like that. So um, we go back and forth with that. Um, and he was just asking me is, you know, could you, do you have any, I'm like, yeah, I, I saw there's this, um, I see what's going on on all these forums, whether you're on uh, Facebook or, you know, Twitter, whatever it is, where you have like the real scientists who like, you know, do their thing. And then you have like amateur researchers or people that have good ideas, but they're not like a real scientist or whatever. So they get blown off or they get whatever. So I'm thinking to myself, we need a place where people that are passionate about things, um, because not everybody that's invented crazy shit or helped us with technology, you know, like if you go back through the history, not everybody's been, you know, an MIT grad or something like that. And there's been a lot of, um, people that have come up with great ideas that haven't maybe been the most educated people in terms of formal education. So, um, but I wanted to create a platform where, you know, these fringe sciences or these fringe researchers could kind of team up with real researchers. Like, you know, Indra's web is, uh, designed for both mainstream and alternative. And the, the whole idea is to spark rational discourse or debate, you know, to figure out, you know, what's, what's what in some of these fringe ideas, I think, you know, whether you're talking about UFOs, well, we know UFOs are real. The, the military's come out and said, we've got these videos mm-hmm. and there's witnesses, David Fravor and Sean Cahill and all these people that have witnessed all these events, you know, while being in the military. Um, so that's real. Um, you have DMT entities, a, a million people, you know, at least have experienced, um, you know, you have all these different things. So I want to get that all, kind of in one place. And while you have DMT world, which I think is an amazing resource. And I was just telling this lead to this, you know, about this earlier, I was just saying you, this is an amazing resource for, uh, people to, you know, you see all the people like learning about psychedelics, learning the science, learning the, the cultivation aspects, you know, Mm -hmm. there's people that are really learning and doing good things on there. And I, I, I think that's a really good thing especially in a topic like psychedelics where science is probably going to get involved. You've got all the money people getting involved now. So yeah. I think having that uh, out there is, is a good resource at this point. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it started. And we just kind of went back and forth and we had a different name initially, but with the way things are going in the world, it kind of, <laughs> we kind of felt like it might be hijacked by crazy people. Um, so we kind of went with Indra's web, you know, we thought about like Plato's cave and all these different names and different stuff things and uh we landed on i actually i talk about it in the um i talk about it in the uh, blog post but indra's net is actually a metaphor and found in buddhism and in uh uh 
like ancient Hindu or Vedic texts. And um, the idea is that Indra is a god, okay? And Indra's net is this metaphor that there's this net or spider web or however you want to ca- categorize it where there's these jewels or pearls on it uh, or drops of water that reflect off of one another. And people have used it as an analogy for like, you know, the universe and galaxies. And I saw it as a good way to like connect minds. So, you know, we have this universe in our minds and I also want to connect people. So that's kind of how I correlated those things. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That was one thing that stood out was the, <clears throat> was the name and, and the interest net aspect of that's pretty cool. And it's the same thing as the MT world. No, no, um, censoring or nothing like that like with facebook or these other places i I know we i know there's a lot of people that are migrating from these um you know traditional platforms and creating their own stuff you know i've been seeing a few people do that man and i think that's a good a good move man because uh nobody likes all that censoring stuff you know i'm not i'm not a big facebook person i mean i've never look we're, we're not here to censor i will say this if you start saying crazy conspiracy stuff or po- politics like none of that stuff's welcome on Indra's web not that it's not important but there's a million other platforms for you to do that shit on you know mm-hmm. like this is for people that want to come together and not you know I don't want divisiveness and I think that that stuff just breeds divisiveness mm-hmm. um, so you know have there been you know real things in the past yeah there have been you know like the Golf Atanka and all these other but you know <laughs> There's just so much stuff on the internet. It's really hard to kind of sift through it. So, you know, you can talk about psychedelic, you know, you do whatever you do similar to DMT world. It's just, we're not going to, you know, you're you're not going to be able to get away and maybe we'll let it go a little bit. But if you don't back, back off in terms of like, if people are showing you evidence and you're not believing it or something along those lines, kind of a thing, you know, that's where, uh, we'll probably like, what the hell's going on here? Kind of a thing. Again, um, it's not that we're trying to censor people. It's just the whole point is to cultivate people coming together and connecting yeah. and coming together over these ideas. So, yeah, you know, oftentimes, even like a DMT world, you find the community kind of pushing back on that individual. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Almost where you don't even have to do anything. And right? I'm not going to do it. That's what I'm saying. I'll leave it up to the people to kind of jump yeah. in and show the data or say why this is wrong or whatever. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like, I don't. I want there to be that environment similar to a DMT world where, um, you know, the people will, will let it be known, like good speech out, out will outweigh the, the bad speech or the bad posts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You see that. You, I, I see that a lot, especially with, uh, you know, certain, certain, um, certain posts, but, um, for the most part, everybody's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I remember there was one on DMT world when it first went live, um, and somebody posted something about like the flat earth and every, there was probably at least a thousand yeah. comments on, there was probably like a thousand comments on this thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I can't, that's, that's another thing. It's like, you know, people that believe that, well, there's been a bunch of people in space that have taken pictures. So what, at this point, what are you doing? You know, like, yeah, do you really think that you think everybody's out to get, you know, so I, that's where I draw the line. I'm all about reason and logic. And like I said, I have believed some things in the past, like the whole Egyptian alien glyphs and stuff like that. But once you start to really look into things, you can kind of start to disintegrate, you know, that whole side of, you know, thinking. So I look forward to that, man. Um, um, besides the, the podcast and, and Maurice, your 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 travel or adventures you got going on, and then the 
outdoors and injurious weapons. Is there anything else uh, you guys wanted to cover? Um, go ahead, Morris. No, I was gonna say I, I that that's pretty much it for me. I mean, yeah, just uh, that was pretty much it, man. I mean, just the you know psychedelic stuff, which I think is super important. Uh, I mean, I've mentioned on my podcast, people can check it out. I've written a blog about it too. My stuff with OCD and psilocybin and how I've helped it's helped with my depression and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, just everything. I mean, look, dude, you did a good job. You asked good questions, and uh, yeah, thanks for having us on. I appreciate yeah, it. I really I appreciate, appreciate you guys, man. <laughs> We'll have you um, back on soon, too. I mean, Maurice is going out of town here for a little bit. When he gets back, we'll try and get you back on uh, our show and continue this conversation. Definitely, man. Um, is there anything? Um, so you guys got the you got the YouTube channel, the um, yeah, Mind Escape? Mind Escape podcast on YouTube. Um, uh, we're also on all podcast platforms. Um I'm trying to think. Yeah, you can just go to our website, mindescapepodcast.com. We have every links to everything on there, including links to Indra's web. It's live now, so you can go set up a profile if you want. If you want to be at it. Yeah, it's very similar to DMT World. It's pretty much the same thing, except different topics. Um, so um, if you want, if you like the way that, you know, that navigates and stuff, uh, but you want to talk about like esoteric stuff or, you know, all sorts, which that has... That's on DMT World too. So you know, I feel weird. You know, you obviously use DMT World for your psychedelic stuff, but if you want to get into the more of the all-encompassing stuff or the bigger picture type stuff, I would say maybe come check us out. You know, and uh, yeah, just our website, mindescapepodcast.com. So yeah, and we'll have uh, links in the description as well. Um, <clears throat> before we finish this up, guys, is there anything you guys want to say to anybody out there listening? Yeah. Everybody just stay strong, stay safe out there. And uh, look, I think that we can really change this year. I know last year was a complete shit year, uh, but I, I look, I think we can change this around. We all have to kind of, you know, think positively. I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. You know, it's it's easy to fall into the depression or the poor me's or, you know, those whole things. And we've all been there. Uh, I've had, I've had some serious mental health issues in the past, but I think that, you know, we can really turn this thing around. And I think that more podcasts, more discussions, you know, go on these forums, go, you know, DMT world, spread the love, go on Indra's web, spread the love, you yeah. know, join us on our live episodes on YouTube. We love chatting with people and you ask a question, we'll try and get it in there. That kind of thing. You know, like let's, let's all come together and, and do this thing, you know? So that would be my message. Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, life's about ups and downs. And when you're down, you know, you got to just kind of go with that flow. Don't be so hard on yourself because you'll be back up on top again. And like I said before, the thing that I've really that I've really gravitated towards is finding something that you enjoy and that you feel your most natural self and try and do that as often as you can, because then you will start resonating at a higher frequency and you will uh you'll see those effects, you know, compound over time. So that's, that's, that's my, uh, little tip there. Both of you guys are some cool motherfuckers, man. I appreciate you guys coming on here, man. Right Dude, back you're at cool, you, my man. man. Yeah. You're welcome on our show anytime. Like I said, when Maurice gets back, we'll get you back on ours as well. All right, guys. Well, again, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your time, uh, spending some time with us here and I appreciate you guys. Beautiful. Appreciate it, man. We love everybody. We love you. Cheers. Like you breathe.